getting sick of huffing glue up in the bathroom while your boyfriend's pick up chicks and darling I'm lost I heard you whispering that night in Fountain Square and trash filled streets made me wish we were headed There was love inside the basement where that woman used to lie in a sleeping bag we shared upon the floor. Good morning. How's everyone doing? What's going on, Abe? What's going on? Josh, Troy, Dylan, Norm, Andrew. A lot of people hanging out. Carlos, good morning. Good morning. To Amanda B, I make the same stupid goddamn mistake every time where I open Facebook to see the comments but don't mute it. Morning to Nate Bonafont, Hector, Andrew, let's see who else. Everyone's saying good morning. What a nice what a nice start to the day. Just tons of people. We're all saying good morning to each other. If we were on the corner, it would be like a processional, a parade of people just nodding and saying good morning to each other. What a nice what a nice morning. Uh, there's a new setup for those watching because I'm going to be working at the office a lot again. And Caitlin's going to be working at home a little bit. And she likes it this way better. So now you get to see the rolled up carpet because the dog's shitting on it too much. Katie's makeup stand. Bookshelf. I don't know what's that, but some air conditioning, which is currently off. So hope everyone's doing fantastic had a wonderful weekend um i'm gonna take another sip of my coffee Ooh, all right monday morning uh yeah so it's a little darker here too i was trying to mess with the light couldn't figure it out maybe if i turn my hat backwards oh i also guys i dyed my hair so went gray at 25 I was male pattern graying, sides and back. Now look. It was was a mess, though. It was a mess. We we went way too dark. Went way too dark. I looked like Dennis from Always Sunny when he tries to eradicate some grays, and it's just like... um, like Creed in the office when he dips his head in the inkjet printer. That's what I looked like. So then we had to take... Uh, we had to take remover, gray hair or color dye remover. And then I had to spend like 40 minutes in the shower. So wild weekend for my hair, but no longer gray on the sides as of now. So excited about that. There's a lot of things I wish I could fix. I can't. That's something I could have could fix. So why not give it a shot? We'll see. It was rather easy. Well, no, it wasn't because we fucked up so bad. But if we didn't fuck up so bad at the beginning, it would have been rather easy. Anyway, let's see what's going on today on uh, John Boy Media, the network. We got talking baseball out today. I didn't even check to see if that dropped properly and everything, but it's uh, a different conversation, which we were excited to have. We talked to a member of the Twins authentication system. V is her name, and she's been working with the twins for a while, and it, all about like the process of authenticating balls, authenticating bats, uh, 
you know, like there was one story I asked her, like, are there certain people, you know, that just buy up everything from a player? Like there's a fan out there, a collector that just wants one thing from each player. And she said, yeah, they had a guy that was obsessed with Kurt Suzuki and basically had everything used pants, used Jersey, used batting gloves, used cleats and built a mannequin in his basement of Kurt Suzuki. So I could have asked her questions forever. I was fascinated by it. So go check that out. Talking sports dropped. Uh, John Boy and Jake TV is an episode of Baggage today. If you want to go watch me pull my goddamn hair out, it was a brutal episode of Baggage. And actually, I don't know if we have a watch in baseball out right now because we're we're wrapping that series up. There will be no more watching baseball as I think we planned on. Okay, so there's one coming out today. And then I think we plan on doing one more but that's all. Um, so this is the second, the penultimate watching baseball coming out. Enjoy it. Let's get straight into the good stuff. We got a town that creeped me out a little today. Yuma, Arizona. It's 72 degrees and clear. The mean temperature in Yuma in June is like, 98 degrees, like the hottest place in the world, apparently. Um, so Yuma, Arizona went to the old rabbit hole, tried to find some stuff first. This is where it is. It's in Arizona, but it's kind of right on the border of Mexico and California, which is interesting. I didn't realize this crevice existed, but the California border right here goes this way. Then Arizona goes down a little. So there's this little corner of Arizona where Yuma is, but it also goes into California, right? Like this border, I think. I didn't realize this little corner of Arizona existed, but the town shape is weird. Town shape, super weird. This is just an open field. And then the crop circles, also weird. Also weird. Um, But the history of this town is kind of cool. There's this, uh, where's the Colorado River? This dude, I forget his name, he set up at the Colorado River, like, where is it, over here somewhere? Colorado River. And he just had a ferry. And people go into California for the gold rush, or maybe it was up here. I think it was right around here. So this dude back in the 1800s, he just got a ferry and he charged $25 a person and he would give them, get them into California for the gold rush. And he made a killing. Don't hunt for gold, just provide a service for the gold hunters. And that's what they're called, gold hunters. That's what everyone's been calling it from the, since the dawn of time. Gold hunters. That's the phrase. Good job, Jimmy. Well, anyway, I thought that was cool. But then I was digging around this town, came upon this neighborhood called Sunset Mesa. So if anyone's from here, it's like all old people. They say 85,000 old people make it their home in the winter. Look at this creepy ass, probably retirement community. Now, I also watched the movie Vivarium on, I watched the movie 
Vivarium this weekend. I didn't like it. Didn't enjoy it at all. But, okay, so this is the community that they live in in Vivarium. And and it's all like the houses are all the same. And it's some alien bullshit. But then I was looking at Yuma, Arizona, and I was like, well, that kind of looks pretty planned. Neighborhood creepy. Got weirder. Sorry if anyone lives in this neighborhood, if anyone's grandparents lives in the neighborhood. One of the uglier neighborhoods I've ever seen, because check it out. The houses are just garages, and then the house is in back. And the whole street is just two-car garages. With the house, and like, it's like, I don't understand why you would make something so ugly. It looks like, it looks like a storage, like a neighborhood full of storage units. So shots fired at Sunset Mesa. Why would you build a house like that? Is there a reason you would do, (laughs) you would build a house like that with like, is this even attached? Is the garage even attached to, to the house? Not only one, but a whole neighborhood of these ugly fuckers. Just a garage show. Okay, this one's attached. Boom. Yeah, so weird ne- weird neighborhood. If your grandparents live there, you live there. Sorry, but creepy as fuck. Someone in the Periscope said, did you know the Padres' first spring training facility was in Yuma from 1969 to 1993? I did, and then I also found out that there's a team in the Japan League, uh, the Japanese League, that used that same stadium in spring training. I didn't know that Japanese teams, Japanese baseball, sp- spring training, Arizona. I didn't well, I didn't know that Japanese teams did spring training in America. Did you guys know that? Um what the fuck was it? Yuma, Arizona, Yuma, Arizona, let's see, do, do, do sports, where's the Desert Sun Stadium, yeah, so the, uh, and a Japanese baseball team, the Yakult Swallows, used the field for spring training from 1995 to 2015, so for 20 years, Japanese teams come to America and use spring training. I mean, anyone in Arizona or anyone that knows this probably is like, how the fuck do you not know this, Jimmy? But I didn't know that. That seems strange to me. Why wouldn't, like, I guess in way long ago, you know, some baseball teams did spring training in Cuba or Puerto Rico or different places, I guess. I don't know, but whatever. Um, now Desert Sun Stadium is used for soccer, is what I also found. Is a soccer-specific stadium originally built for baseball. Which doesn't mean soccer-specific. Stalker. Talk worse, loser. I don't know if you can say a soccer-specific stadium built for baseball. It seems like a baseball stadium that they've modified for soccer and not a soccer specific stadium, but that's just being a semantical 
jerk. What else did I have about Yuma? More than 85,000 retirees make their home. I did that. Weird-ass neighborhood, Sunset Mesa. And the gateway charged 25 bucks to cross the river. Boom. All right. Oh, I, I, oh, 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 oh. Random. Oh, no. I, I'm showing everyone early. I'm blowing it. What a loser. Okay. that's We're done with Yuma, Cal- Arizona. It looks like the hottest place on earth. And old people live there. And the planned neighborhood is uh, creepy. Boom. And that's all I had to say about that. Random player of the day today is Cody Ransom. Always weird when uh, producer Luke's random player of the day lands on some guy that I'm like, oh, I know him. Well, I don't know a lot about him, but obviously I know him. Played for the Yankees in 2008 and 2009. Replaced A-Rod at third in 2009 until A-Rod came back, and that's a pretty tall task, and he was pretty brutal with the bat. I think he had like a fantastic spring training, and then he wasn't good in the season. And then I think 19-year-old myself was like, get this dude out of my face when, you know, Ransom's just doing his best, man. He His Wikipedia and everything, he is known for this box jump, which is kind of a weird thing to be known for, I guess. But it's a 60-inch box jump. And, like, the first article I read was all about this. So... And then, I, and then I read an article where he was correcting people. Like, it's not a vertical. It's an approach jump. But it is 60 inches. So, Cody Ransom. What? Good jumper. I don't know. It seems like, as an infielder, that's only going to come into play every now and then. Leaping for a line drive. But, hey. Better to have that skill than not have it. Cody Ransom... Played for a lot of teams. He played for the, where the hell am I? He, oh my God. I don't have my keyboard to move things around. It's Monday. What a mess. What a mess of a situation. But I don't have gray hair right now, so that's awesome. Uh, Cody Ransom played for the San Francisco Giants, the Houston Astros, New York Yankees, Philadelphia, Arizona, He's from Arizona, I believe, San Diego Padres, Chicago Cubs. Oh, there's a terribly tragic story when you do a a rabbit hole on Cody Ransom. Terribly tragic story, and that is that uh, two of his teammates, when he was in junior college, died. They got into a car crash. They were driving from uh, a game to a game, and a, a kid was driving. A player was driving, and a tire popped off, and then the van swerved into a median and flipped over at least once, and the driver passed away, and someone else passed away, and Ransom was in the van. So we're not talking like a big team bus. Just a van. That's pretty tragic. Um, uh, 13 13 people were in the van. So that was sad. The first thing that came up was the box jump. And I was like, okay, that's not really baseball related, but cool. And then the second thing that came up was that he was in this car accident. And that that sucked. But then we also got his first at-bat at a Yankee, as a Yankee, was a home run. Which, same with Wilson Betamete. And those two guys are like the same bucket in my brain. 
where they were just kind of like, ah, third baseman, utility, rover, super, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Journeyman that ended up with the Yankees for a half a season or a season. And both first at-bats with the Yankees were home runs. So you're like, okay, Yankees magic. They're going to do it. And then and then nothing happened. I, I didn't like better meat, but I was a young punk kid at the time, so I probably was just being a jerk. Yankees are up 13-3 to versus the Royals. Ransom homers in first at-bat with the Yankees in 2008. Bam. Socked it. Old Yankee Stadium, too. That's kind of cool that he can say I, I homered as a Yankee in Old Yankee Stadium. And the first year the Yankees didn't make the playoffs in like 15 years. That's not as fun to say. Old Yankee Stadium, what a cool sight. And then uh, there's A-Rod, and I think that's Xavier Nady. I think that was Xavier Nady. Who was going to be the right fielder, and then they got Teixeira, and then they got Swisher, and then Swisher was going to be first baseman, and then they got Teixeira, and Swisher was there. And then in 2013, so he's older, he makes this play, which is a nice play. Nolasco, not speedy, but it's a nice play. We all agree. We all agree. So there you go. I showed some highlights. I mean, his career numbers are pretty brutal. Boom. All right. You know what else we should do? We should check out his number. Do you think he's faced any Hall of Famers? Because he, he, his last game was in 2013. Career 213 hitter, 303 on base. 86 OPS plus is actually higher than I thought it was going to be. So that's good for him. Only th- six career stolen bases and three caught stealing. That's a brutal percentage, Cody. Come on, man. All that jumping didn't lead to being able to steal. They probably didn't let him steal. Probably like, dude, you're a defensive replacement reserve player. He played every position besides center field and right field, I believe. Let's see, uh, left field. Well, he only played left field once. So every position besides that. He pinch ran 20 times in 2004. And he didn't get any steals? Pinch ran 20 times. And how many steals did he get in 2004? Because he pinch ran 20 times. 2004, stolen bases, two, caught stealing two. Brutal. Come on, Cody. Uh, was I going to do anything else? Oh, versus pitcher. There's any Hall of Famers that he's even faced. Oh, wait, I forgot. They don't do Hall of Famer anymore. It's harder to find now. Statistical fillers? You can do name? What does this mean? What the hell does over 10 name mean? Usually it's like over 10 at-bats or like over 10 walks or... What the hell does over 10 name? Yeah, error. Okay. That makes sense because it didn't make sense. I was going to, I thought you could search things out by like pitchers named Greg. Wait, pitcher status, Hall of Fame. Boom, found it. Just me being dumb. All right, Glavin and Holiday. One for two off Glavin, 0 for two off of Holiday with a walk. What's that? Uh, two, 
for five batting average. I mean, on base percentage. All right, we're done with Cody Ransom. We're done. We're done. We're moving on. It's been a lot of fun, but I think I said everything there was to say. And that's all I have to say about that. Book of the day is exciting news. I keep hearing rumors that the Yankees cheated, but is it true? Oh, we can talk about that if you want. Um, the the Yankees, well, hold on. I'll do the book first. Well, no, I won't because my mind's going to stray. The Yankees, this is so nuanced and so weird. So in 2013 or 14, all of MLB got video replay centers in their clubhouse, right? Because the MLB wanted to do a replay. So they had replay centers, but the MLB didn't have the fourth site to be like, aren't players going to use this to their advantage? They just didn't think about that because they're not much of thinkers. So they said, uh, so they, they, there was no rules. There was still the old rule that you could not use technology to single signal to the dugout or to someone on the field. What about signs? You had to use the, the, the shit like that. So in 2015, 2016, the league realized that like every team was watching the replay monitor, decoding signs, and then giving them to the runner on second. And there's this whole memo they wrote saying like, we didn't, this isn't against the rules. Uh, this isn't technically against the rules because they didn't use uh, electronics to signal to the runner or the dugout. So we just clarified this in the rule. It's now against the rules. Uh, it's confirmed the Yankees did that as well as the Red Sox and other teams in 2015 and 2016. That's been around forever when they clarified the rules, they basically said that. Now, the Red Sox, when they did the Apple Watch shit, because they were sending the signs that they got from the replay center via technology, they got fined. But again, no one really cared, but they got fined because electronics were in use. At that time, the Red Sox said, well, the Yankees are doing the same thing as us, but the Yankees, I guess, weren't using electronics to convey the signs, so they didn't get fined. They did get fined for illegal use of a bullpen phone where Larry Rothschild called, blah, blah. After the Apple Watch thing, the entire league got memos saying, you can't do this anymore. It's against the rules. You cannot use the replay center in that way anymore. Um, So like that's, and then after that, the Astros kept going and they, they changed it from not even using with just a runner on second, they've devised a method to give it to the batter right away. They moved their replay room as close as they could to the field, and then they had executives and like uh, scouts doing it, and they would give it right to the batter even if no one was on base. So because the 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 there's like this there's this hard line where it wasn't against the rules, it was just kind of shitty and not punishable. And then there's a hard line after that where, okay, this is against the rules and punishable, and the Astros got caught after that hard line. And this letter, they say, proves that the Yankees were cheating as well. But to everyone I talked to and everything I've read and the judge and judges' things and the plaintiff's allegations, it's really, it's only, it, it should it may only expose the 2015 2016 that the Yankees were also using the replay room illegally which the league has already explained and and said to the public and that's what the judge said in this case he said the the contents of this letter has already been spoken about publicly so just release it and the judge also denied the plaintiffs um alleged 
whatever that it was the the Yankees that the the judge dismissed the case. So it's all tricky. It got a lot of crazy headlines because the Yankees don't want the letter to go public uh, because I think they didn't want what happened yesterday to happen. The Yankees are like, there's no smoking gun. We just don't want to be part of this shit. Uh, but a lot of Astros fans only read the headline and hate me with a fiery passion and think that and think that um, the letter is going to say something like, yes, the Yankees systematically cheated uh, with the scheme just as bad as the Astros, but I'm going to keep it under wraps, which, I, you know, if Rob Manfred put that in writing. He's a... F- Rob Manfred's bad anyway, but, you know, it's a whole weird scenario that I'm sure we'll talk about on Talking Baseball and all of that, but uh, open the letter. Just show everyone what the letter says, and we'll be excited about that. All right, does anyone remember uh, Zoilo Almonte? Yeah, I do, I do. Well, put my phone on the mic cord, and that sounded awful. All right, I'm going to take a sip of this coffee. (sighs) Boom. I finished my book, and there was one, there was one interesting tidbit at the end of this. I switched to hardcover. Can you see the, I switched to the paperback. Can you see the hardcover? Where is it? It's down. Oh, I'm pointing at it right now. That's it. What a great, oh, what a great point job by me. Just landed on it immediately. Anyway, I switched to paperback and then I just crushed it. Great book. Tom Clavin, come on the morning show. We'll talk. We have all the same interests, dude. You only write about history and baseball. But there's this little segment in this book that blew me away. And I had to do research about it. It's not even about Wild Bill, although he was cool. He died. Got shot in the back of the head. So on this page, as I'm reading last night, 50 pages left. That's like the fuck. I better just finish this thing level of pages. Anyone else, when they finish a book, you just kind of start looking all around, start reading the back again and the reviews again and like flipping through like the acknowledgements and who was this for? Just like, you know, kind of one last like little hangout session with the book. Um, You're uh, before you put it on the shelf and then it becomes another book on the shelf. I think that's common. I think people do that. Just flip around like, what else is there? I enjoyed this. I do that a lot. Uh, there is like a section at the end of this book where he previews his next book about Tombstone. I think I got to do something in between before I read another. So I did Dodge City, whatever. Anyway, the Sioux Indians, ready? The Sioux Indians owned the Black Hills. The Black Hills are cool. Watch this. What? Black Hills. If you're like, hey, why do they call them the Black Hills in South Dakota? And then you go to Google Maps and you look at the Black Hills and you'll be like, ah, I get it. Because look, they're just fucking black. Everything else isn't and they're dark. So A, that's the Black Hills. Deadwood's up there. That's where Wild Bill died. And the Sioux owned all this shit. The other thing I like doing is a Native American nation map. Like this. Oh. Open image, a new tab. Got a picture of the states. So the Sioux are up here. That's North Dakota. That's South Dakota. Crow, Cheyenne over there. All that. Plains Indians, right? 
So the Sioux love the Black Hills. They are like one with the land. They think all of this about the land and and all of that. Um, like, you know, they think of land differently than, than the average non-Native American Lakota Sioux. So there's a treaty back in the day. There's a treaty of something... I'll, I'll try to speed this up because the, the end is very interesting. I'll tell you this. There's a treaty that says that the U.S. won't go fuck with the Black Hills. Those belong to the Sioux. Those are yours. We won't mess with it, right? And then the Sioux and the other bands of Indians, they fucking slaughter uh, cluster, uh, Custer, you know, Custer's last stand. They kill like 260 U.S. soldiers and all that because they're fighting and all that. So now President Grant is like, well, shit. All right. We're trying to patrol the black hills for you not letting people in and all that now fuck it like let's just let people into the black hills there's gold there our people want to go they want to explore so grant um where is it i'll just read it the grant administration administration had accepted that it simply did not have the political will and the military manpower to prevent the exploration and settlement of the black hills the president authorized a treaty commission to travel west with an offer of $6 million to buy the Black Hills from the Sioux. So they offer $6 million. The Sioux's like, it's not for sale, dudes. Like, it's not a piece of property to us. It's like our whole religion, lifestyle, way of life. Like, you know, we're not going to sell the land. That would be like selling part of our soul. Um, then Grant heard them say no. And he was like, you know what? Fuck it. I think you guys just said yes. So putting aside the belief amongst tribal leaders that the land was not to be bought or sold by anyone, this seemed a small amount for such a precious priceless territory. They said no. Um, Grant administration declared victory and just announced to the public that we purchased the Black Hills for $6 million, (laughs) even though the fucking Sioux said, no, we're not selling this to you. Grant was like, we did it. We got it. Six million bucks. But what Grant did was he was like, you know what? Eventually, they're going to want this money, and eventually, they'll get it. So he put the $6 million in escrow, right? And he's like, when, as, soon as, they, as soon as they admit that we bought this from them, they'll get their money. So they put the $6 million in escrow. It's still in escrow to this day and is now worth over $1 billion, and the Lakota Sioux have steadfastly refused to take it, demanding instead that the Black Hills be returned to them. So there's a billion dollars in the bank somewhere for the Sioux. All they have to do is be like, yes, we accept that you can prosper off of our land. But the catch is there has been 100 years of uh, American white settlers prospering off their land they don't own the land anymore the the fucking the americans just went and stole it but the the sioux say if we accept this money then we make it official that you bought the land from us you stole the land from us we never wanted this deal so just give it back well clearly that's not going to happen and they refuse this billion dollars and i just there's got to be like heads of the Sioux nation who every year make a case, like let's get this billion dollars and give it back to our people. And then they get voted down. But that's fucking insane to me. It was just a little, it was just a little asterisk in the bottom of the the book. It wasn't even part of it. Just like, you know, 
it's blurry there. But I was like, holy shit. And I read about it and it's true. It's still there. It's over a billion dollars now. Just sitting for them if they want it. I mean, I get it. Very principled. Principled. And they're like, well, you, you never bought it from us. So our ancestors didn't buy it for us. You didn't, you, they didn't sell it. It's never been for sale. But fucking billion dollars just sitting there waiting. Crazy. Crazy story. Anyway, this book's done. I don't know what I'm going to read next. I got some books that I'm halfway through that I might finish or I might just pick up a new one. Might try and stray away from history and do a novel. A lot of people have been sending recommendations, which is cool. Someone sent a recommendation I should check out. And someone, what's his name? Zach Gaines messaged producer Luke on Instagram with a town and a player. So Zach, we'll be doing your town and player tomorrow. If anyone else wants requests or wants to get involved, uh, follow Morning by John Boy on Twitter, Morning by John Boy on Instagram, and uh, interact and send send uh, suggestions or whatever. I don't know. Follow those. Done with the Wild Bill book. Glad that you guys heard it along the way. Um, Mandolin Orange. Yes, I've heard of Mandolin Orange. I think I've seen them live too. Cool. All right. I got to get going, but uh, but anyone got anything to say? I wish you did these later so I don't have to wake up so early. You can watch them at any time. I think majority of people watch these at their own pace, but I do enjoy the people that come and, and, and watch live. That's why I always try and do a little Q&A at the end because uh, you guys giving me your time, so I'll give you some of mine. At least that's how it makes sense in my brain. How much land was up for sale? I think I think the the entirety of the Black Hills. I don't I don't really know what that what that like kind of means, but I th- I think they just took I I think all the land. Like go to the reservation, all the land's ours is what I'm guessing happened. Pretty fucked up. All right, someone says Jimmy, they edited out all of D on the challenge. Here's what they took out. Ooh, okay. I'm interested in that. I don't think many people that watch this care about the challenge, but I'm going to put it on my browser so then I can go to the history later. Um, how do they have the unedited version? Oh, Canada had the unedited version? That's so interesting to me. I like behind the scenes more than I like the final product with a lot of things, so... I'm going to bookmark that and watch it later. Bookmark this tab. Bam. Watch that when I get to the office. Um, I have uh, one breakdown edited that I have to lay the voice track for today. And then we have Luke. Producer Luke has like four in the chamber for me. So I'm going to try and get a lot of those done today. But the internet at the office on Friday went out, so it was impossible to work. So we're going to head there now, and hopefully it doesn't go out. What do you think of the MLB teams calling up minor leaguers to play the season? Uh, scabs? Like, um, they did that in spring training of 1994, 1995, after the strike. And, and you know, those scabs can never be part of the union and, and never be part of a lot of stuff. So... It's a shitty situation to put the minor leaguers in. It's really fucked up to be like, you don't have a season where a lot of minor leaguers aren't getting paid anymore. And then, and then the same company that is, that is fucking them 
is like, but do you want to come play for us and be basically turncoat? You know, and it's just shitty. How long does it take you to get to the office? Like 20 minutes. We have a car now, so we're not going to have a car all the time. The interview with Austin Wells was awesome. Thanks, Blake. Yeah. Uh, always interesting. You know, he's a, he's a young kid that just got drafted out of college going through like probably most fun time of his life, ever, all things considered. And it's the Yankees. So you don't know if he's going to be too buttoned up. Uh, you don't want him to say anything dumb. And then we're the reason he's getting hassled. And he was perfect. Like he was very genuine and clearly himself and not, not a problem. So I thought Austin Wells was awesome. Hopefully he becomes a stud and we have him on again. Can you play highlights of the games you're breaking down? Love the loop at the end to get the three minutes, but more baseball is tops. Oh, um, yeah. On Facebook, sometimes I, I, sometimes we loop it to get the three minutes. Sometimes we do that. That thing where I just say three minutes because kind of people like like that. Someone on Facebook called me the three minute guy, which is funny, and also, uh, well, we'll just funny. It will also create resentment among the organizations. It's a bad spot to put your prospects in. It is a bad spot. It's rude to the prospects. You're not giving them money on one side, asking them to be traders on the other. Uh, you know, hey, we're not going to pay you, but we'll pay you if you are a trader. Is that weird? What do you think of the Tigers draft rebuild so far? Um, well. The Tigers signed Scope, Crone, Romine with hopes, one-year deals, hopes that they have a great first half and they can trade them for anything just to build up the farm. And 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 now with no season, all of those one-year deals kind of like are pointless, especially with no trade deadline. So uh, I don't know. I don't I don't know what they're doing anymore. I didn't I don't follow the draft that well. I just look at the players the Yankees take and put them in the back of my brain. All right, I got to go. It's getting late. I got to finish my coffee. I got to run to the office. I don't know what we're doing today. I didn't make the schedule yet, so I guess that's going to be my first step, make the schedule for the week. According to the schedule, we got uh, talking Yanks tonight. What's today's date? The 15th? All right. Morning. Done. It says we're recording laughs. Are we recording laughs today? That's just rinse and repeat. Okay, I'll put that on the side. Uh, talking Yanks at four is the only thing on the schedule. Probably record some watchings, and I'm going to try and get a lot of breakdowns done. So, cool. See you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. Uh, the music today was Broad Dripple is Burning by, by Margo and the Nuclear So-and-Sos. I only know this song by them. I don't know a lot of songs by them, but I like this song. So I used it because we just spin a wheel and play music. And there is a playlist if you want to go ever find out what song we're using. Luke is here. Luke, say hi. Don't ever forget that. Bye. And I wrote this on an airplane where the people looked like She was bombing East Japan And don't fucking